Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Colacott, with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. How's it going, everybody? It's your boy TJ Sutherland, aka the fastest junk in the galaxy, here on the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. As always, our new shows go live on the first and third Monday of every month, and you can find all of our previous shows on our website, which is foreverinelectricdreams.com, and you can also get us on all the usual social outlets under Forever Electric. So this week, I'm joined by uh, show stalwart Dan Collicott, aka you've never seen a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Nice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, all I all I can do, sorry, is think about your very fast moving junk. Exactly, that's the, that was the whole point. Um, and we're also joined by friend and regular guest uh, Dennis Jose Francois, aka Misa Day started pretty okay day with a brisky morning munchie. Then boom, getting very scared and grabbing that Jedi and pow, Misa here, Misa getting very very scared. <laughs> And then he goes and he's a walkie. What? <laughs> you, you saying people gonna die? <laughs> I had to get respect. In. That was very good, actually. That was very good. Have you that, been practicing that for four years? I've, I've been practicing <laughs> that so much. It's it's just in burning to my retinas and my brain now. I'm never gonna get it out. That okay. is nearly as good as Dan's rendition of Informer by Snow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to try and match that. Um, okay, so if uh, by now you haven't guessed, today's topic uh, is going to be about Star Wars, essentially. And, uh, you know, just a kind of discussion around the current state of and perhaps the kind of future state of uh, the SWCU, if that's a thing. I'm making it a thing. It's a thing now. Um, so, yeah, since Disney have owned the rights to the franchise, I think we can all agree it's been a bit hit and miss with... You know, their movie efforts being more missed than hit and their, the stuff they've put out on Disney Plus being largely a hit. Um, and it's ironic because they obviously had like a whole expanded universe going on for years before um, Disney took it over. And then they slapped the whole this is not canon stamp on everything in 2014, I think it was, and decided to go down their own route. So... Um, yeah, you know, how do we, how do we think all that's going? We're probably going to touch into a bit of, um, Boba Fett, uh, as well. So careful for spoilers if you've not finished it or not watched it yet. But, um, yeah, so, um, I think one of my, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys, I mean, I I don't know how much you guys have any recollection of the original expanded universe, but, um, do you feel that, you know, Disney did the right thing kind of shoveling all that stuff to the side and going, no, we're going to carve our own path. We're going to do our own thing. When it had such a plethora of stories and uh, interconnected um, threads they could have touched upon and characters they could have leaned into. Um, Do you think they did the right thing, kind of shoveling all that stuff to one side? I think it's irrelevant because... Yeah. They said they were shoveling it to one side, but now now they've doubled back Tapping on it. back into it, yeah. So That's it true. was just words. Um, I think the problem for me, the, the, the way I see this now, is that it looks like they don't know what to do with the franchise. And they've 
They've sort of zigzagged a few times. They don't have a clear vision. Hmm. Lucas had a clear vision, whether you liked it or not. Hmm. He had a clear vision of where he was going with things. And it's clear. We thought that Disney did, but they don't. I mean, hmm. uh, that was of, that was evident from Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, hmm. where you know they had two different directors who were in, in complete you know, contradictoriness to each other. Hmm. Uh, to the point where, as I understand it, you know, Ryan Johnson was deliberately, is Ryan Johnson, isn't it? Yes. The director, yeah. yeah. Uh, was deliberately trying to untie stuff that had been done in the first film. Hmm. There's apparently, you know, various conflict in direction between Kathleen Kennedy and um, the various people doing it now and stuff. And and it's just, they just don't, they just don't have a, they know where they're going with it. Not on the same page. And, no. um, yeah, so that, that's really the issue. Yeah. They probably shouldn't, they should have just not said anything about the extended universe. Okay. Really, they should have just carried on making stuff and included and picked. So, so to answer your first question, I think they did make a mistake. They should have just said nothing and carried on doing their stuff. Hmm. And they would have upset less people and not sort of put themselves in a corner. <laughs> but may they, might, they, might they not have wound up with the problem of people going, oh, well, you know, what happened to Hannah and Leia's kids? Or, like, if you if you don't definitively say none of this stuff is canon or none of this uh, stuff, all of this stuff is not relevant, well, when they yes, start bringing but... in new characters or new, new storylines with, you know, a, di- a, di- a, di- a diverging, you know, plot twist yeah. or whatever it is, people are going to still... Or would, wouldn't it generate people to go, oh, uh, but wait, I thought these guys had kids or I thought this thing happened or... How- I would say possibly, but I think fandom is is used to that. I mean, so for example, after the first Star Wars film was made, or while it was being made, Lucas didn't actually believe he'd get to make a second one. So he decided to tell the rest of the story in a book form. And he had uh, Alan Dean Foster, I think it was, write Splinter of the Mind's Eye, hmm. right? And that was meant to be a low-budget sequel to Star Wars. So he thought if he could get something made, it would be that. When it was such a big hit, he was like, well, I can skip over that and go to the next bit, right? Now, if you've read Splinter of the Mind's Eye, it you know, there's lots of things that happen in that book which are, don't even remain true for Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Okay. And at the time, fandom, and I'm talking about myself here, were like, oh, I thought this, I thought X, I thought Y, huh? Mm. And then, then you look at other stuff that happened, say, like, you know, in, in The Phantom Menace um, versus what came along later where they sort of backtracked on things, mm. you know, Metachlorians, for instance, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. The great Metachlorian um, mystery. Yeah, exactly. Never mentioned ever again. Well, certainly not in the films. Um, so I, I think the fans are kind of used to it. I don't think that would have been a problem, really. What do you think, Ben? What, do, what are your thoughts around this one? Should they have stuck with the expanded universe, ignored it completely, just cracked on and let the chips fall where they where they may? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with uh, Dennis. It, they didn't really need to say anything. And as... he said, "Judge our beans." Don't want to say to that. As they kind of, <laughs> as they've proven at the moment, that they're, they're sort of cherry picking from mm. from that expanded universe and. They're almost, it's kind of, it's weird. It it feels like 
everything's descended into very kind of semi-aggressive fan service because mm. the last three films just weren't very good. Um, there was quite a lot of hate at the time for the prequels, even though I think all three of us can kind of look back at those films and say, oh, well, they were pretty good com- by comparison to, to what went after. But mm. yeah, it, it feels like they probably... They didn't do themselves any favours saying that everything in the expanded universe wasn't going to be canon, should be ignored, mm. because they've clearly needed to use it in order to kind of fill in the gaps and kind of double down on the characters, the the kind of races, the species, the, the, the destinations, the kind yeah. of background... Um, elements of all the you know the original films that everyone was probably a little bit more curious about and sort of saying oh you know i wonder wonder what their backstory is and now that they're, they're focusing more on that they're not they're not they're not trying to move the the plot on any further they're either using things like the bad batch um to try and fill in the gaps to sort of justify what happened um, you know, post the prequels, yeah. or they're trying to, yeah, they're, they're trying to slowly build out the universe that they created in the original trilogy because that's where, mm. yeah, people people care the most about. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's a weird balance between those two things, as in filling the, filling in the gaps mm. between the prequels and the original trilogy expanding the universe that was kind of set up in the original trilogy and a lot of the books and, you know, kind of expanded universe there. And then just cherry picking whatever elements from the expanded universe that they think is going to work the best to tell that story. But I do agree with Dennis. It's like, I don't know where they're going to go future wise. If they, in in Mm. terms of, are they going to ignore the last three films and, and not try and even go back to that where is it, where no, that is it, is it ended up. I sorry, I was just want to say it because this is this is a rare historic moment. I agree with everything you just said, Dan. I would I would state it slightly differently though. I think it's a, it's a, a it's the expanded universe approach versus mm. the Skywalker saga. Do they carry on telling the Skywalker saga and fill in the gaps of the Skywalker saga specifically, or do, or they, do they branch out? Do they branch out? Because when you look at the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, it actually is still kind of attached to the Skywalker saga. It's, t- it's little branches, hmm. but it's still part hmm. of the same story. Yeah. But and, it, that, and, is, and, there's, and it's treading the line. It's sort of treading the line between the expanded universe and that, right? But then is that, is that yeah. the kind of thing that they need right now to kind of wean people off the Skywalker, the Skywalker saga? Like you, you still have it attached to it in tiny little ways. And you I, still have a little bit of fan service, but you also introduce new characters or you so kind of don't, you kind of, you know. It's interesting. I think they're trying to wean themselves off it because I think fandom oh, yeah. was, already, well, sorry, was, yeah. ready, was already ready for it because, you know, fandom was ready for the expanded universe. And this is part of the issue. I think fandom wanted the expanded universe. Hmm. You know, the Skywalker saga was done. I don't think we needed to have the gaps filled in. I mean, everybody was interested in, I think, in how exactly did... Anakin Skywalker hunt down the Jedi with the Emperor and kill them. That was that, you know, that's a story everybody 
was probably interested. And I don't think we knew until we saw it that we were interested in how the plans for the Death Star fell into the hands of the Rebellion. Hmm. But it turns out that that was was a very interesting story. Do you know what I mean? But for the rest of it, you know, we wanted to know about Grand Admiral Thrawn and, you know, the cloned Emperor and... Stuff that had nothing to do with Skywalker. Stuff, uh, what's it, the Black Sun Corporation and Mara Jade and all of that stuff and the, the huts and... And, you know, the rest of the bounty hunters. That's what I think fandom really wanted. Hmm. Um, and uh, what I, I think the question is, why did they feel the need to to to, to shut down the expanded universe? I just don't get it. So. Well, I, I mean, it's interesting as well, because at the moment, I mean, Dave Filoni seems to have his fingers in everything, and John Favreau as well. And, uh, I mean, back to your, what, what you said earlier, Dennis, around, you know, there not being a kind of coherent message you know, from movie to movie, even let alone TV shows and stuff like that. And do you do you think? Do you guys think that they're missing? <clears throat> I mean, I know Kathleen Kennedy is supposed to be overseeing it, but do you think they're missing like a Kevin Feige who's you know able to just make sure everything knits really well together, or 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 a team of people? I mean, I, I'm sure that they they were hoping that would happen, but for some reason they've not been able to execute on that. Because, like you say, from you know even in the episodes. Seven, eight, and nine—they weren't able to do a continuous story for three films, let alone going across into the rest of the TV shows and whatever. Uh, frankly, yes, I think you're right, and I think more to the point, there's a there's a bit of a struggle for who that person who that's going to be, um, hmm. uh, and, and what that vision is, because it's quite clear to me, looking at the stuff out there, that it just feels very different, you hmm. know. Um, what do you mean that the shows feel different from the movies? Or well, if you look at the, if you look at the movies, even even amongst the last three, and you look at the direct, they just feel so different. Like they're, they're pushing in different directions, and mm. they're sort of representing different ideas and things. And it's just it just feels very incoherent. Hmm. And of all things that shouldn't be incoherent, it would be Star Wars, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that, <laughs> it's weird. So I guess interestingly as well, like you say, now with them dipping into you know, a lot of characters and stuff from the expanded universe. Maybe they are going back to what you said in terms of just, well, obviously it's too late. The cat, the cat's out of the bag and they've already said that stuff's not canon, but you know, if they're bringing in these elements, they're kind of brushing that stuff aside and pretending like it didn't happen. Well, either that or Dave Filoni's just said, screw it. I'm going to do whatever I want because my show's making, making us the most money. But I think with the exception of um, the, the issue of Luke, it's not Luke, uh, sorry, Han Solo and Princess Leia's children as written in the books, mm-hmm. right? Everything else from the expanded universe could still be there. For sure, yeah. yeah. They haven't untied it yet. They well, I mean, they've, they, they, they've set up a lot of things for it to come in the future, like Thrawn and all that stuff as well, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, and obviously, I would assume Filoni like read all of that stuff and grew up with it. And, you know, this is why he's so heavily influenced or trying to bring a lot of those characters and those themes and that sort of stuff back. So, But it's all kind of still looking backwards, if you think about it, because we've now got, I think the biggest show that's coming up next is Obi-Wan, which I think tells, well, I don't know if it's going to be a mix between uh, some of the, the, the escapades before... Anakin turned to the dark side and what happened to Obi-Wan after the the Clone Wars. So it, 
you know, if, 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 you, look, if you look at... I'm very confused the, about this Obi-Wan show, to be honest. Yeah. I, I've no idea what it's about or when it's set or, you know... Well, because... Is Ewan McGregor going to be in it? Or? Yes, he is. Okay, yeah. right. Because and Ewan McGregor's in it. Yeah, because it's Ewan McGregor. So I think it's... Uh, from what I gather, and I could be completely wrong, we'll have to wait until it premieres, but it, it seems likely that there's a lot of stories... Which you get some of these in the in the cartoons, but there's a lot there's a lot of stories that focus on, um, you know, the the relationship between Anakin and Obi Wan mm-hmm. before the events of the the third prequel film, um, Revenge of the Sith. Okay, so it's separate. Oh right, okay. Well, actually, I, I think, I, but I, again, I could be wrong because there, there's obviously going to be some of it is potentially then- set. After then that, wasn't that covered by Clone Wars? Was that not covered by Clone Wars, though? Or a lot of that, wasn't that covered by Clone Wars? No, because there's still the implication in Clone Wars that they've had other adventures, right? Oh, uh, okay. Right. Yes, yeah. Tenuous, but, but it I, could I be... <laughs> it, it could be that Anakin, as, you know, as, as Anakin rather than as Darth Vader, only exists in flashbacks. So it could be that mm. the the story is is telling what happened post um, mm. Revenge of the Sith, post what happened. But if, if if Hayden Christensen's in it, that's a bit tricky, isn't it? Because when you think about the end of Phantom Menace, all the way up to the beginning of Attack of the Clones, the the boy Anakin goes to a teenager Anakin, and it's at least like just physically physical change five, mm. six, seven years. Right. That, that's a long period of time. There's lots of stuff that you could do in that time period, but you couldn't do it with Hayden Christensen. Christensen. Yeah, we, we can he, do a lot he, in CG, but that that's probably pushing it. Is he is he definitely <laughs> in it? Yeah, can yeah. we? Yes, in CG, can we like chop about a foot of his height and also? <laughs> I don't know. Is he is he definitely in it? I know I know uh, you and McGregor yeah, no, are in it because he's, he's spoken about it publicly. Yeah, okay. he's definitely in it, but they haven't said if he is. Yeah, if he's going to be there as part of flashbacks, you know, is he going to be there as, you know, a kind of storytelling device? Uh, because obviously, mm. there's but, no wait, point wait a second, in, in casting him. Sorry, Gom. There's nothing to say that post um, Revenge of the Sith that they didn't encounter each other further, is there? Because it doesn't explicitly say that from... well, he has he has he has Darth Vader and yeah and Obi Wan. I mean, there is a suggestion that they take Luke and Leia to Alderaan yeah. and Tatooine to hide them, hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that you know Obi Wan for a while couldn't have been you know trying to I don't know Get distract. Anakin yeah. from where they really were or try to turn him back or something like that, that wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility. You could set no. an entire series in the immediate, say, three months after that film, for instance. Because if you think about um, uh, The Mandalorian and Boba Fett, that appears to be set very close to the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, true. It's true. Boba, Boba Fett guess, feels like it's like should, a year we, later or something. Should we be concerned that we have no idea what this Obi Wan show is about? No, I'd <laughs> rather not know. That's not, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's true. And I think As just because what, they're hiring Hayden Christensen, it doesn't mean that he, you know, he could be 
spend most of his time under a helmet a la the mandalorian or he could spend a lot of time mm. without the helmet just with the breathing gear so he he might i get i i always got the impression from the end of revenge of the sith the darth vader that he becomes then is not the the level of darth vader he is in return of the jedi oh, for example Je- or, or, no. or even in or even in the new hope yeah yeah, because I think he undergoes more transformations. So yeah, he could be, I don't know, he could be casually wandering around without the helmet on. You don't know. Well, I mean, it's definitely in, in in each uh, of the three original movies, the the armor and everything is different, isn't it? The yeah, chest plate uh, and the helmet. Yes, it gets yeah, it gets changed in each one. Yeah. I guess he had to get keep getting upgrades or something. I don't know. That's right. Um, as yeah. you mentioned it, Boba Fett. What are our thoughts around Boba Fett now it's done and dusted? Dan, what did you think of it? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I admit that it was a little bit slow. I think a lot of the, the flashbacks with the Tusken Raiders was a little overdone, a little bit overcooked. It it did it kept slowing the momentum down of the main plot. But having said that, I think it's really minor, minor things to quibble about. Um, I think it was, you know, by the end, I, I, I'd really enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, I don't know about, it, it's hard to compare it to The Mandalorian because The Mandalorian's already had, um, you know, a lot more episodes and series. And mm. even then, I thought Mandalorian started off quite slow as well. So I feel yeah. like, there's a lot of bitching about it at the moment, which I know we've discussed, which I kind of felt like I don't get why there's so much irritation and hate and criticism about things which are, I don't know, ridiculously minor. I, I feel like from, from a Star Wars perspective, we've, we've been spoiled. I think we've all been, fans have been spoiled by, you know, the Spider-Man films, by Avengers and now we're, we're acting like a bunch of brats about Boba Fett. I, I guess the problem is where all of these these nerd geeky things that we enjoy, sci-fi, fantasy, comics, all the rest of it, where the the quality of the stuff that we're being given now, the bars being raised is constantly being raised higher and higher and higher. That if you get something that dips below that high standard, or what the general populace, I guess, would deem to be something dipping below that 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 standard, everybody jumps on the boat and goes, ah, oh, this is rubbish, ah, oh, this is shit, ah, oh, uh, all the rest of it. Um, and I think the other thing, ironically, that kind of is a good but also bad thing for Bob, the Boba Fett series, in my eyes anyway, was that it kind of really only, I don't want to say picked up, because I, I, kind of, I was kind of enjoying it. I was like... Uh, when I was watching The Mandalorian, I was every week as soon as it came out, I watched it. Boba Fett, not so much. I'd like let an episode or two go in and I'd watch it eventually. Um, but it really turned around, unfortunately for Boba Fett, when Mandalorian showed up. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, okay, well, now we're doing a prequel for Mandalorian season three. Right. I'm here for it. And, and I think a lot of people probably felt the same way, which is kind of, I feel a bit bad for Boba Fett, really, because. I thought the character was the, the guy, I don't know the name of the actor, but I thought he played the character well. People were complaining about him as well. I, I don't know. Like Timuera Morrison. 
Yeah, I think I, I do wonder if people had this like fantasy image in their head of what Boba Fett should be, and for some reason were disillusioned by what they were presented with. I don't know. Well, well, I think for Boba Fett, he had what probably about four lines of dialogue in the yeah. uh, two films that he showed up in, and yeah. he was this mystical badass bounty hunter who everyone just kind of thought was awesome and a lot of people seem to i guess ignore the young boba in in the prequel films but yeah i, th- I don't yeah, think there... people will, will... yeah go on was, i was just gonna say was there outside like like you say he only had four lines <clears throat> and what was outside of like, the cool armor and whatever what was the indication to people that Boba Fett was this shit hot bounty hunter. I think that comes from because at the time uh, of those those movies came out, you know, long before in the internet and long before even the expanded universe, the only other extra material that was available were the actual books that supported the films, hmm. and there were a couple of others with the, the Han Solo books. Hmm. And oh, and the cartoon. The books, the that George came later, then, didn't it? That was much later, and the 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 books were almost identical to the film. And sorry, there was a comic book as well, uh, but they had more stuff. I, and I, and I say this because I read them because I didn't. Okay. I was so keen not to get spoilers for Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back that I read the books before I went to the cinema. So um, then, so then that, that expanded his character, and you found out just how much of a badass he was. There's just little, just little bits because they talk about, oh my god, it's Boba Fett and he's X, Y, and Z. Do you know what I mean? Just then, tiny little mo- bits like that. And but then I, I, but the rest of it is just projected, like what the fans yeah, wanted him to be. Exactly, that's and, I, and that's, I think that's kind of my point. Like the the, the, the broader. Star Wars audience, you know, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know that that the broader the star, sorry, the broader Star Wars audience were watching or reading all those books or reading all those comics. And it, no, it, but that's it not kind of how feels myth like and, that's not how myth and legend works. Is no, it, no, 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 no. <laughs> of course, and that, sorry, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like people, have, people seem to have built up this mythos of Boba Fett being this badass and being able to fight his way out of anything and all this stuff based on. Four lines yeah. of script and a cool arm, cool armor, and the fact that well, he didn't even catch Han Solo. It was and, you know. this is, I mean, this is one of the reasons why, as you've seen on other podcasts, I've just got no patience for internet theories and fan ideas <laughs> because it doesn't matter if it doesn't come from the creators themselves because yeah. they can untie anything we can think up in yeah. just one scene in a film, yeah, and invalidate yeah. it. So I'd rather just wait and see see what comes. This is a great example of it. Personally, I enjoyed Boba Fett. Hmm. Um, it didn't really know where it was going at first, I think. Um, hmm. What I found interesting at, by the end is that there was a lot of stuff left unresolved, I felt. Hmm. So like he, the first few episodes, they do the flashbacks, but they didn't really even complete those. For example, how did he get his armor back from the Jawas? They don't tackle that. Wait. Wait. Yeah, think about that. In the first or second episode in the flashbacks, the Jawas take, take his armor, right? Yeah. And then he goes, he, he falls in with the Sand People. When he leaves the Sand People, he doesn't have his armor. Yeah. And we never resolve how he gets it back. Maybe they're saving that for a season two. Doesn't really matter. I don't didn't, know. Didn't Timothy Oliphant's character had the, had the armor for a while? 
Oh no, didn't that wait? Yeah, he did. Didn't that that happened in Mandalorian when he got his armor back? Yeah. No, yeah, that did happen. Yes, yeah, because um, to me, yeah, I know, but it it was taken from him by the Jawas. When we see him in the Mandalorian, he doesn't have his armor back yet. Yeah, he gets the armor from the Mandalorian, didn't he? I thought because the Mandalorian met Timothy Oliphant and he had uh, Boba Fett's armor. And he gets Boba Fett's armor from Timothy Oliphant and gives it to Boba. Ah, uh, yes, one you're right. Yes, my okay. bad. That's it. All right, my bad. I've, that's it. I've <laughs> lost my. I've, I've lost my Star Wars membership. I've been knocked down a level. Sorry, out. I'm, I'm out of the council. Sorry, guys. I apologise to all the Star Wars fandom. Um, it shouldn't that be me sat out of the council? No, no actually. I'm <laughs> um, so, but yeah, okay. Because uh, I was thinking, yeah, for, that, that stumped me properly for a second. I was like, wait, how did he get his armor back? But yeah, yeah right. but yeah, you're right though. I mean, yeah. and I do wonder. I mean, has there been any talk of a season two for Boba Fett? Or yeah, I, I mean, they certainly left it in a place where they could do that. Hmm. Um, can I just say that, like, I mean, bits that were a bit rubbish. Like the very low speed chase on the hover bikes, <laughs> we're a bit, we're a bit lame. I mean, I think, we, I think can, the fans. Can we talk about those? Can we talk about those? Yeah, bikes what the, the the bright chrome colors and the reds I mean, and blues and the yellows. I the mean, mods. they were like the mods uh, and the punks. I mean, what's all that about? Was, Why does that exist? It, that was a weird style choice. I mean, like, yeah, that uh, that that was quite jarring to me every time they were they appeared on camera like i think their characters were fine but just their bikes were just like yeah i don't know it was yeah it, it was a strange good. style choice for me a bit weird i mean i don't mind you know having the band of like you know street rats and stuff like that that you corrals into like all of that i got and i was 100% on board with but yeah the style choice was not for me and they were very <laughs> very slow chases were bit cringe but but i think yeah, one of the I, main I, main problems with between the mandalorian and boba fett is the mandalorian had this guy who basically never took his helmet off and to get people used to the character and like the character they threw in a, a baby version of yoda so everyone was like oh baby yoda oh he's so cute <laughs> so and it had nothing to compare itself to, you know, it had, hmm. whereas as soon as you came to Boba Fett, so everything we've seen of Boba Fett, um, apart from when he was a child, he has his helmet on. So you're dealing with that problem. You're dealing with the mythos, you know, of this crazy cool dude that this master villain bounty hunter hmm. that everyone loves. So suddenly no matter what they do, they're going to shatter that by having this guy who's a vulnerable in some way. You know, he, he spends a lot of time without the helmet on. Uh, rather than Baby Yoda, they've got um, Fennec Shand, who I don't know. I, I didn't as as a sidekick. She's she's pretty underwhelming compared to Baby Yoda, and I think. In Mandalorian, right at the end, you've got something that every every fan was desperate for was to see Luke do something awesome again and not be the dick that he was <laughs> in the, the the final trilogy films. Whereas for some reason in Boba Fett, 
I think someone in Disney, someone from the the Lords of Continuity sort of said, well, look, you know, everyone knows he's a bit of a dick in the last three films. So because we're going to give him quite a lot of dialogue and screen time in the Boba Fett series, you're going to have to make him a little bit of a dick so that people understand the transition to becoming a total dick. And so, <laughs> and so that was, it, it was, it was really dick. weird. <laughs> it was it tonally it was so weird because it, they didn't need to do that he could have just become a dick in his own time in his own isolation but for some reason the way the the internet was in uproar and i know you don't i know you hate the internet dennis so i apologize for saying this but it was so weird seeing people get triggered and angry about how luke treated baby yoda it was like, oh, how dare he do that? What is he? What, what's he doing? Bruv's gonna, bruv zapping him with electrics. What? It was, yeah. So, I think <laughs> some bad stuff yeah. kind of <laughs> didn't help, really. Yeah, I do. It's interesting you mentioned about the the introducing the baby Yoda character, or. Oh, what's his name? Grogu. Um, introducing Grogu, that yeah. introducing that character to to kind of warm people to the Mandalorian. I mean, and also obviously it's a it's a central part of that story um, that made people kind of grow attached to him. But I do I do feel like again they kind of did Bob a bit dirty by bringing in the Mandalorian the way they did because it really I mean as much as it turned well, for a lot of people. It turned the, the the season around, and you know, people started really getting properly into it with that that episode. But it kind of really overshadowed everything that Bobber had kind of tried to establish, and now he's like literally the only Mandalorian anyone really cares about. So yeah, and and the other problem was Fennec Shand was kind of there being being uh, you know May from uh, Agents of Shield and brooding and, <laughs> and, and yeah, and really definitely not typecast you know, at all. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm really kind of badass, and she's there, kind of acting like a bounty hunter. Going, you should, you should basically do loads of crime and killing, and throw your power yeah. around. Well, she is a and... she is an assassin. Yeah. Yes. So that's fair, True. really. Assassins yeah, yeah. are bounty hunters, aren't they? They just don't bring them back alive. Exactly. And, but, I'm, down I'm down with that. But then he kept saying, "No, no." I'll allow it. I'm not going to kill him. But, no, no, no. But he's a changed Send man. Send a message. His time in the sandpit, of all people, his time in the sand people is the thing that's turned, turned him soft. That's, that's, I'd say it's, just, it, it's, it's his time in the belly of the Sarlacc is what turned him soft. Well, yeah, that kind of helps. <laughs> to be fair. I've, I've um, just got this image now of like him in the belly of the Sarlacc going, Dear Diary, they... Four thousand and eighty-one in the Sarlacc <laughs> stomach. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling nicer towards things, and if I make so, it out alive, I'm I'm not going to be as murderous and evil. Day four thousand two hundred eighty-two. Anyway, can I can I say that the only real disappointment I had with Boba Fett was mm. that they missed a golden opportunity with Bib Fortuna. To say, to Wonder Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> I was just so hoping that they were going to do that. I was like, come on, say it, say it, say it. I was like, no. Yeah, because he, 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 yeah, he captured the palace from him, didn't he? That's right. And they just killed him off immediately. Yeah. Which I thought was... A, I was, I was surprised, that, yeah. I was surprised he didn't get more of a, more of a bit, of, bit of a starring role. And um, I mean, why didn't they call one episode a fat worse than death? <laughs> because you don't work for them on their script in the writer's room, Dan. That's why. Wasted talent, Dan. <laughs> so, I, I mean, go, going back to sort of the more main topic about where the Star Wars universe is going, I, yeah. I think, and, and what to expect, I think it doesn't know. I, I'm curious to know what you guys think of the Bad Batch. Uh, I've not seen Bad Batch yet, so I cannot comment, but Dan has, I believe. So, Dan. I have. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it. I've I found um, the the child, obviously, I know it, this, this is a cartoon for children, so I get why there has to be uh, the, the, the child throughout teaching them various moral lessons, lessons, sorry, as you know, as it's a kind of typical Disney cartoon format. So I found that a little bit hard to get through. But in terms of, you know, bridging the gap between uh, when, was it, what's the name of the, um, uh, oh God, my Star Wars knowledge is going, something 49, the... Um, Order 66. Order 66. Order 66. Um, you know, post 49, 49. 49. Are you? <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was it was good because obviously it, it shows a space of time after Order 66 and the transition from um, clone troopers to the stormtroopers that we know and love in Ooh, the okay. original oh, trilogy. So. It, it, it kind of it, it does some nice work, kind of filling in those gaps, and, and almost setting the scene. Oh, I don't know. It's quite a few. Okay. Oh, is it like but an it, old school twenty four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it, it does. I don't, really know, it's not, I don't think it's full twenty four because each episode is quite long, isn't it? So yeah, I've actually only seen the first episode. I, I watched the first episode and I and I enjoyed it, but for some reason I didn't go back to it, and I'm not sure why. Oh. You're too busy watching Boba Fett. No, because um, Bad Batch has been out for ages, hasn't it? It's been out. Yeah, it came, for, it came out before Boba Fett. Did. Yeah. yeah, long, yeah. quite, quite a bit before. And um, I, I don't know. I just, it, I just never went back to it. So, I, I think what? that is probably more to do with me being sort of Star Wars out finally after all of these years. <laughs> um, You've given up. I can't believe uh, it. Not given up. I think. If they're not gonna, if they're not gonna give me something that I really want to come back to, there's just there's just a lot of other good stuff out there. Sixteen you know? episodes, and all of them are about half hour. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of other good stuff out there, and I've invested a lot of my my um, free time in in my life into into Star Wars. Like, no, you know, more. Like yourself, we, DJ, want, we want more. It, you know, it, extended universe, all the movies, various cartoon series, Star Wars, you know, Star Wars yeah, st- I, Do you know? I haven't watched it. I'm, I'm not interested. I'm not no, interested. I'm, not I, I'm, cu- right. I'm curious from a because I really liked what they did with not what these guys did what uh, what they did with the Matrix 
The Animatrix. Animatrix. I really enjoyed that. I'm not that. sure it's, it's, I'm not sure you can compare it. Because um, the anim- the Animatrix is stuff, canon. and again, I haven't seen Star Wars. Stuff that was canon, yeah. That, that actually, well, not so much canon. It just it fits in the story for the most part. But yeah. I'm not sure that Star Wars Visions is is quite like that, is it? Mm. It's alternate, you know, it's alternate tellings kind of thing. It's great got, stories. Got enough told differently. Got enough alternate universes to deal with in MCU. So yeah, yeah, and and now DC. So um, oh, they're all at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just to say, Bad Batch does a really good job of bridging the New Republic to the Empire. Right. Um, so really, I'll probably, I'll, you know, I did enjoy it. And one of the things I felt when I watched a Bad Batch is I was quite impressed with the actual filmmaking. I felt that unlike the Clone Wars or Rebels, um, it like the camera work. And the few, actual cinematography, I thought, was really good. It, it didn't it's quite it a few felt years like re- it's quite a few years removed from those, though, right? Because no, but yeah, but cinema, cinematography is still cinematography, right? Um, it's but, not but, about it's not about technology. I don't mean about the no. look of the render. I mean, I, I, I mean about like you know the way it's composed and the way the camera moves. Oh, for and sure, stuff like that. yeah. But that's what I mean, though. Like, like those those guys would have. I mean, in fact, it may it may be completely different people working on it. I'm not even sure. So, but yeah, now that's good to hear because like, yeah, it's um. Could say they've made some advances in the however many years it's been since. Yeah, even even though, as Dan said, it is that does have certain elements of typical Disney formula. Hmm. Um, it did also at the same time feel more grown up than some of the other animated TV series they've had. Okay. And I yeah, think I that's part that. from my point of view. That's partly because of the cinematography, because of the way it's shot. Um, yeah. So that's that's quite encouraging, I suppose. So we've not heard <clears throat> too much about. Star Wars movies at all, really, um, coming up in the future. What do you guys think, you know, what are your thoughts around that? What, what do you think's going on there? Do you think, I mean, obviously they're going to do something at some point, but what do you think, are they waiting to see? I mean, I would imagine they've got stuff already, it's mine's already in the fire, but, you know, what are you guys' thoughts about that? I mean, obviously the last few things... I don't, I'm not sure if they. I don't know. Not sure if they were box office successes, but obviously they were critically kind of panned. So, where do you think they go movie wise from from where they are now? Well, about about five years ago, six years ago, just after the Force Awakens, well, about the time the Force Awakens was being released, I remember reading an article in Wired um, where there was sort of this interview with Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams and stuff <laughs> uh, about the future of the Star Wars movies, and in this they said. I think the title for, of, of the piece was um, you won't live long enough to see the end of the Star Wars saga because they had planned to release a major film every year for the next 47 years. I think it was something like that, right? So between Rogue One and Solo and the Kenobi movies and more and more and more and more, mm. they've really backtracked on that now because yeah, it, a little bit. <laughs> you know, it was full, too much saturation and that didn't go down well. We turns out fandom doesn't want that much Star Wars. And also, you know? <laughs> they didn't so. have Disney Plus at the time. They didn't have the Disney Plus shows, so that would that would that not have had an influence in no, the change of their tactic. Yes and no. I think they would have at that time. They would have known it was coming because that's sure. something like that doesn't happen overnight. What nobody foresaw was the impact that the pandemic would have on streaming media. I think yes, and and on on the box office. I think that's the thing that's changed it. Mm. Sort of like it's an existential thing that happened that has changed the, the, the playing field for everybody. Hmm. Um, as, and like, 
you know, I think we spoke about this a little bit last time, but you know, you can't, you have tempo movies as they're called mm-hmm. and a big, big costly films like the Star Wars movies. You need to be sure you're going to get the box office. Yeah. Um, and right now, nobody's sure of that. Now it's encouraging that Spider-Man No Way Home has now turned out to be, is it like the third biggest box office of all time at the minute? Huh. It's the second highest grossing film in American history at the moment. Wow. Not, not adjusted for inflation. And I think it's fifth in the worldwide, but it's rapidly catching up. You know, will it be Avatar? Not sure. Yeah, I think I think it goes Avatar, Avengers Endgame, Titanic, and I'm not sure what the next two are. But the two is are. That- but the fact that it's doing this in in like lockdown times is incredible. Yeah. So that's hope for big films again. People do want to still go to the cinema, but I think that's one of the things that's going to stop them making big movies uh, because you you're not just you're just not going to get the money back from streaming. You need to get a big box office return. I know, I know, the, I know. This is a Star Wars scene uh, topic, but I, just to swerve slightly there, do you think that start Spider-Man success is is that a, a rebound from everyone's just like super keen to get out of the cinema, or is the film that good, or combination of both? I, th- or? I think I think partly is because it's well known and has been for a long time that sure. Spider-Man is actually the most popular comic book character and mm-hmm. has been for a really long time. Like every time there's a server, every time there's a poll, multiple work worldwide, it always comes up as Spider-Man on top. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, amongst comic fans, the, you know, it's, it's sort of changed, moved from like Wolverine to, you know, this character, that character, but generally speaking, yeah. it's, it's Spider-Man. So I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um, the fact that there was, everybody had that feeling or that, you know, there was all those rumors that oh, actually all the Spider-Men are going to be in it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that had a lot to do with it. And I think, as you say, you know, it was worth, it was like, well, lockdown's over. Is this worth let's going skip, to the cinema? Let's for? just skip that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Batman does, because hmm. we are now, I would say, well, I don't know from, from a UK perspective, it feels like we're, Ninety percent out of lockdown, and everyone's kind of fairly yeah, free the to final, go to the cinema again. The final restrictions are uh, isolation restrictions are stopping next week, is it, or week after? I think it's next Something week. Like yeah, yeah. So we're, we're kind of we're, we're done, and that that will be the first film that is released Post. in that environment. And mm. as long as uh, critically, you know, it does well, people want to go and see it and word of mouth is good then it'll be quite yeah but it'd be really interesting to see what the how that fares in terms I think of the, the month that will be made. interesting obviously from from the uk's point of view it's the restrictions are done but it doesn't mean that everybody's ready to go back to cinema yet yeah that's true because the restrict because you know you can go to the cinema now here in canada but not everybody's happy to do that yeah, it's the same because as people same as my studio at work. Like they've, you know, they've gone back to full capacity. But there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I don't want to be back in the office with like 100, 150 people in there mm. <laughs> in a box. So, so, so uh, given that, it's interesting that Spider Man did so well. So yeah, yeah so yeah. amazing. Props actually. Um, um, back to back to Star Wars. So and the, the movies and kind of the future in the movies. What what you know, Dan? What would you like to see them? kind of do with the future of the movies like would you you know are there any particular themes you know what things would what things would you like what thing do you not want to see them do maybe um going forward 
Well, I think one of the things they can do is take almost is the whole retconning, you know, mm. going back and saying, okay, what what did we do wrong? Because Star Wars has such a, a kind of checkered history when it comes to doing this. Because if you look at the whole, how on earth can the rebels defeat the Death Star? Uh, that was almost like a running joke with with one mm. with one missile, and yet Rogue One they they told an entire story to kind of justify exactly how that happened and the plans yeah. and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And there, there was a built in um, fault to be exploited. Mm. So I think if you look at and I don't I don't want to go too much into this because we we've done this in so many other podcasts, but if you look at a lot of the characters. In the recent films, that I don't know that I think there's still potentially a lot of good feeling um, towards characters like Ray and Finn and Poe Dameron, to the point that if they wanted to tell more of their story, either post or pre or during, you know, in in the in the years in between those films, hmm. I think. I, I would imagine that fans would be a bit more receptive to that. And, and there is an opportunity there. Maybe not maybe not in the next couple of years. Maybe they need to leave it a little bit longer. But mm. I think it's, it's like Captain Phasma. She was built up as this incredible character, <laughs> yeah. played by you know a, a brilliant actress. And then she she had roughly... I don't know, three minutes screen time. Less time than Boba Fett. <laughs> and <then it> <laughs> yeah. yeah, except she, she dies horribly twice. Although, again, I guess Boba Fett essentially got written off quite quickly on screen. So I think... Maybe they were trying to reproduce the same myth and legend. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Because it's pretty much, I mean, what you just said is what people said about Boba Fett. Boba right? Fett, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. So I, I think there there is they're, they're already doing it with with some of the Rogue One characters, aren't they? They're revisiting, and I know there's a whole different kettle of fish because that was quite it went down well with the critics, with fans alike. I think it it it, it did pretty well, hmm. but they're 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 returning to quite a few of those characters and, and the storylines um, after and before the film. So. I think if they could do that with Rogue One, there's probably a chance that, that there's characters that can be redeemed and and quite and some of the bigger things where they've screwed the pooch in the storyline, they could they could potentially revisit and make it better, make it kind of okay to the point mm. that people start to warm back to, to what happened so in those kind of, films and Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if it will happen, hmm. but I, that's what I kind of, from a film point of view, that's what I I I hope is going to happen. I think at the moment I'm I'm enjoying what that what they're doing with everything on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, in, interesting, interesting that you you kind of focus more on the stuff that was already in the movies and didn't go <clears throat> along the lines of you'd like to see some of the elements from maybe the, the Disney plus shows get brought into, into the movies perhaps, or, you know, as they're starting to dip into some of the expanded universe stuff, maybe some of those characters or those stories can, can go into the movies. Um, 
Dennis, what do, what do you think? What, what would you like to if, see them if, kind of If explore? I was going to ask for more Star Wars stuff, I think uh, the things that interest me is I'd like to see more Jedi stuff. I'd like to see the Jedis being Jedis. One mm-hmm. of the, you know, people, you can say a lot about the prequels, like the Phantom Menace and, and whatever, but one of the best parts, the, the way the Phantom Menace starts up with Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan doing their mad Jedi stuff, like super speed running and, and all of this. I remember at the time we were like, yes, this is what we've wanted to see for a long time. Like more, you know, lightsaber duels and things like that. That's cool. That's what we want to see. What are, what are all these other Jedi powers and Sith powers? So any, any story that shows that stuff is going to be interesting to me. Um, also, um, I'm very curious to know what else... Han and Chewbacca got up to and the Bounty Hunters and um, Lando Calrissian and those stories, you know, that don't necessarily have to be anything to do with the battle against the Empire, but it's the side stuff. So, you know, we're talking expanded universe, So, 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 yeah, so kind of carrying on from the Han Solo movie, what did he get up to next type thing? Actually, no, more after (laughs) what happened after Return of the Jedi, maybe, because in, in, in The Force Awakens, there's the implication, there's a lot of you know, implication about what they've been doing in between. So when they go to the planet, like right now, the character's name uh, slips from me, um, the little red woman who fancies Chewbacca. Oh, yes. Uh, I know what you mean. The one with the bug eyes. Yeah. Maskinata? Maskinata, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. One. Yeah. You know, there, there's a whole storyline there, relationship between her, Chewbacca, Han Solo, all of those characters. That's the stuff that interests me. Hmm. That you know, what, you know, what are those stories? And it doesn't necessarily. I mean, you can't tell those stories without, I guess, the Empire, the New Republic, the first, the the new New Order or whatever it's called, being involved. But that's hmm. interesting stuff. And like you say, the the other characters, whether it's Poe or Finn, or um, there's quite a few of them that prop up in 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 the movies. They're all they you know they're all interesting. They've got merit behind them. There's loads of stories that. Uh, that you could do with those from the new movies. Um, and then, you know, characters from the Mandalorian and stuff. I, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I'm kind of done with the Skywalker saga, right? I just don't, don't need so any more of it. Everything you know? outside of Skywalker and his family, basically. Pretty much. I mean, we, it's the story's been told, yeah. you know, and there was so yeah. much like in, in um, Revenge of the Sith, when they kind of go to the space opera uh, and Palpatine sitting there with Anakin and mm. he tells, uh, talks about, you know, the Sith and the past and stuff. And in those moments, you're like, there's, there's a whole world unlocked in that little conversation. Yeah. And we're just following that was this really one tiny, interesting. And we're just you following know, this talk, one tiny little thread the whole way. Yeah, when he talks about, well, you know, you, are the Jedis the good guys then? Or are they the bad guys? Are the Sith the bad guys? It tend, depends on your perspective. And there's a whole discussion or, or bunch of stories you could do there, which could actually reflect stuff in our world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sure. it's all a matter of perspective. So there's a lot that they could do with it. Um, it just it just needs maybe a little bit more risk taking, maybe a little bit less fan lip service, mm. um, being a bit bolder in some choices perhaps. But then they've done that, and look where it got them. Yeah. So yeah. one thing I'd like to say though here, one thing I really don't understand, and is and this happened with Star Trek as well, is why did they take on J.J. Abrahams as the supposed director of the three movies, and then he didn't direct them. 
he didn't direct the second one. Because this happened with the, when he came in and took the reins of Star Trek. And it turns out that actually he directed the first one, but he didn't do the next two. And, that, and those three Star Trek films get progressively worse as they go along. <laughs> I, I, yeah. well, I enjoyed the first two. I enjoyed the one with Benedict Cumberbatch and... You know, the so, Khan one and stuff, but I did not enjoy the last one with Idris. You know, that did, was like, did, what's going on here? Wait, did he get contracted for three movies? Yes. Star Wars? Yeah. So what did he do for the second? For the second and he third? didn't. He was executive producer on the second yeah. one. And then he, he came producer. back on the third one, kind of like what happened with the Star Trek films. Wow. But he wasn't meant to be on the third film, was he? I, I, I don't know. It just felt like they wheeled him out because he was a fan favorite at the time. A bit like DC saying, it's okay, Justice League is being done by Joss Whedon. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's pl- to basically just roll out a name to placate people. Yeah. And and, and we, we all know how that turned out. Well, they, they so, brought him back on the third that. film because they sacked the, the director. The director on the yes. third film. I can't even remember who it was, but yeah, they basically bombed him out and got rid of him and brought J.J. Abraham back. And then J.J. Abraham... But doesn't Abraham... that show you that they, they had an incredible lack of vision, to use a Star Wars quote, um, <laughs> in that they had they had multiple directors who all had different ideas of what should have been done. This is what or, I don't understand. Or, or a lack of faith, yeah. you could say. Yeah. A, a friend Completely of mine nuts. who said... A friend of mine um, said to me, and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll shout him out, Matt Sol, said, when you think about it, Disney and the Star Wars franchise should be able to afford the best writers in the industry, yeah. right? They've got the most money. Up until the MCU coming along, it was the biggest franchise, right? They've got yeah. the most money, the most profit, whatever. They could have afforded anyone. So how did they end up writing such crap? <laughs> That, 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 that's you know that doesn't make any sense. Is it is it that it's is it that it's that bad, or is it that it's the 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 story that they're trying to tell is muddled because of things like changing directors, not having a clear vision, not having someone overseeing the yeah. the entire thing too, from too start to finish. Yes. Because because yeah, because if because if if any one of those writers had been, or sorry, any one of those writers or any one of those directors had been said right. Go and make us three movies. We want a coherent story from start to finish, and start, middle, and the end. Go and do it. Do we not think they could have done it if they, if you know, they'd have just been able to do whatever their vision was and done something really good? Or like Dan says, is it, you know, is it a case of, and that's what it seems to me, too many cooks, you know, spoiled in the broth. You've got too many people with too many different ideas thrown in different ideas at different times, and then yeah. things switching and changing lanes and. I would, I would say gets, yes to that, but yeah. what doesn't make sense is how come they didn't fall into that trap with the Marvel Universe? Okay, because Disney you. is the paymaster of both. And this is, I think, the thing that bothers me. It's like, on the one hand, they bought, they bought Marvel, they bought Lucasfilm, right? Marvel was actually in a terrible place, really, when they yeah. bought Marvel, uh, and Lucasfilm wasn't. And it's sort of contrary to what we expected. The Marvel stuff has just turned out to be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, not everything, but for the most part. And the yeah. Star Wars stuff's just been a mess. And I, and I don't understand how both things can come out of the same house, the but house does, of mouse. But does that not, but again, does that not go back to my earlier question in terms of, you know, does the Disney, fran- sorry, does the Star Wars franchise need a Kevin Foggy? And maybe I'm giving him too much credit for what he does. Probably but, not, actually. To be but, fair. but but it seems to me that again, by your by your example, you know that Disney brought on bought two huge franchises with the rich history, you know, strong fan base. It kind of feels like a cannot fail 
scenario. Marvel was in a worse, posi- worse position than, uh, than uh, Star Wars was in terms of the amount of story uh, that they were able to tell. And somehow they've managed to turn it around based on the fact that they've had one person with the clear vision of where the, where he wants the story to go. And Star Wars, I, by I all think... accounts, doesn't feel like it has had that. I mean, it's had Kathleen Kennedy, yeah, but, but did she really... Well, we discussed do... this before, but... We've discussed this before because the, the first thing they did wrong was they sidelined everything George Lucas had written for the for the three yeah. films. They got yeah, rid of fact, him. In fact, they had they had a Kevin Feige and they got rid of him. Yeah, and inter- interestingly, well, he both, they didn't get rid of him completely. He didn't he didn't want to be completely involved, but he did want to advise, and they said no. All interestingly, right. the Mandalorian, um, John Favreau, went back to Lucas as a consultant. Isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah. yeah. And in fact, if you watch the making the of Mandalorian, film. he's there in the background all the time. Yes, he is. Yeah, I do remember that. And on the third film, they brought him back. J.J. Uh, Abrahams brought him back to try and salvage the ruins of that trilogy, which is why, essentially, that last film is three different films in one. Mm, yeah. Which kind of makes you... And again, well, I mean, does it... Okay, have you got to the crux of it then? Should they have just had... George Lucas in there to oversee everything from. I think from when they, from when, from when... The, the the problem with that at the time is again this is like playing lip service to fandom where it was a generally considered by a lot of people that Lucas had ruined his own work with the prequels hmm. and I don't think and you know I've said this jokingly but I say it very seriously I don't think a lot of those star hardcore fans would ever imagine that they'd be looking back at the prequels and thinking, well, actually they weren't that bad. No, they weren't because they were coherent. They, yeah. you can, you can say that they were slow. You can say that the acting was wooden. You can say the lines were poor. You can say all sorts of stuff, but the story makes sense. And the problem with these yeah. three last three movies, the stories make no sense. They don't really. There's so many holes in them. And, you know, as far as movies, like Star Wars, Marvel, whatever, they're all full of holes. I get that, yeah. but they're really, these ones are particularly bad. <laughs> <laughs> particularly that so yeah and, yeah, and just to mean, go with you, the kevin feige at... thing sorry one second Dan. with the kevin feige yeah, thing yeah. i don't think it's just i think the important detail there is yes kevin feige has a vision but part of that vision is that he respected the writers room marvel for, sure. for years have planned out stuff like years in advance like the yeah. comic writers they sit down every year they plan the next two years of storyline so that all the comics cross over and they are masters of doing that they've been doing it since the 60s Right, and they know how to do like a multi-channeled, For like sure. dovetailing story in ways that you know screenwriters have got no idea how to do that, and to write for multiple characters. If you think about comics like The Avengers or The Fantastic Four, or even The Justice League, they're much better at at writing multiple character stories. So, and Kevin Feige, I think, knew that. And there's, there is there is interesting video, it. isn't there, of of like the writers' rooms where you see like Mark Miller and George Perez and you know various other writers all sitting around talking with John Favreau and mm. and people like that about the the and and Feige about what's coming up in the Marvel in, in the MCU and basically Disney, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, whoever I don't it doesn't feel like they did that at all. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, again, you know, kudos to Kevin Feige for tapping into. You know, like you say, comic writers, people that have experience with coming up with multi-layered storylines, long-term multi-layered storylines, and that's again a trick that they've missed on the Star Wars yeah. Star Wars side. And 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 again, it's funny that the one company can control two franchises and get 
one so right and the other one so wrong when you kind of go, okay, they're doing really well over there. Let's copy what they're doing there and put it over here. But yeah. Yeah. It's very sad. But you, you look at the first film, uh, Force Awakens, and essentially it's like a soft remake of mm. um, the first film in the original trilogy. Yeah. But yeah. It, it kind of, the, the only thing that was wrong with it is it sort of ignores, belittles, undermines everything that had happened in the original trilogy. It just sort of writes off and says, yeah, does, none of that mattered because we got, uh, you know, an evil that was 50 times worse and more powerful than, than the original Empire. But but people mm. kind of, you know, people were kind of okay. They were invested in the new characters and said, okay, you know, it's it's kind of more of the same, but it's more along the lines of what we want it to be. And then the second guy was like, I want to evolve. Kind of went the, sideways. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to evolve what, what, what this is all about, what everything means. I'm going to completely rewrite what the character's motivations are. I'm going to, I'm going to mess with the, with the whole mythos. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to try and, you know, bring it, bring it for, bring it for a new generation and, and make it something different, which would have been okay if the first film had, hadn't, wasn't a self reboot. And then the third film just became a, you know, how, how do we bring these two completely opposing um, storylines and character adaptations? You know, how do we, how would you smash them together to actually bring a satisfying end to this trilogy? And then they failed miserably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it also sounds like they could, could have just made it a lot simpler and just had the one director. Well, I guess maybe they were supposed to have one director across the three films, but J.J. Abrams decided to not bother to do his job. So I'm quite sure what happened there. Yeah. Well, I don't think he was contracted <laughs> to direct all three of them. I don't know. But yeah, but you would have thought that would have made sense. Maybe came, know, everyone came into work on the Monday and was like, is J.J. supposed to be in today? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you're doing it now, I guess. I don't know. Do, do you know what I'd like to know is for a long time in 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 the dark uh, the, the the dark era the dark times. between <laughs> the dark times in the in the you know the noughties, when nobody knew if there was going to be any more Star Wars yeah um, the talk was that there was going to be this Star Wars live action TV series at the time and it? there's an interview uh, is it I can't remember who the interviews with is it Lawrence I can't remember who the interviews with. Um, it's not Lucas, it's one of his generals from Lucasfilm, and it's about 2005, 2006, mm -hmm. and they talk about the live-action TV series. And it's a very sort of like off-the-cuff interview. You can tell the interviewer is sort of like, it's like at the, around the back of Comic-Con or at some convention, mm -hmm. and the guy's just being very, very candid about stuff. And, and he says, yeah, we've written 50 episodes, we've, we've you've shot some test material, the stories are good, but the reason that nothing's happened yet is because we need a distributor. And we're not, Lucasfilm isn't a distributor and we're trying to get a distributor on board. And about two years later, Disney bought Lucasfilm. And I remember at the time thinking, ah, this is where they were going with the distribution thing. Are we going to see this live action TV series now? Nope. Um, but, well, I wonder how much of that storyline was shelved. Was any of it reused in The Mandalorian? Um, mm. And I'm very curious about that because he says, and I'm, I'm going to try and find that interview. It's online somewhere. I've seen it. Um, and uh, maybe we can talk about it in the future episode. And it's quite interesting to, to, to listen to that. You think, well, 
they'd obviously been planning stuff for quite a while, not just planning, but doing stuff with it. Is this part of the stuff that Disney threw out the window or did they take it? And they, and some of this is what we're seeing. Yeah, is the one, yeah. Or I, is some I, of I it turning to clone about it? And yeah. I thought the reason they didn't make it was because they couldn't afford to make it or something like that. It was, I, I, according in that interview, it's about distribution. They talk about, like that because they could see the whole world changing in terms of streaming and stuff like that. They knew they they had to get the distribution right, otherwise they'd be dead in the water. They did I guess they were sort of like, we're not gonna go with the old model of cable and broadcast and stuff. That's not the way forward. Um and they didn't quite know what to do with it. So they were just like, you know what, we don't have to rush. But I'm I'm just curious about that. That's one of the sort of unanswered Star Wars mysteries that I'd love to know about. Um I'll see if another, I can dig it up. It's out there somewhere. Another big mystery is we know what happened for Order 66, but there must have been quite a lot of orders leading up to that order, including 49. So what happened? What was Order 49? Was it just the Chinese takeaway? Oh, God. I demand <laughs> answers, guys. There's always got to be at least one terrible Dan joke, isn't there? <laughs> One per oh, episode, come on, guys. That's what I'm contracted for. I know, that's what I've been, hold- been holding out for. Cool. <laughs> All right, so, I mean, just as a general kind of finisher, like, how are you feeling about the future of Star Wars franchise, generally? Are you feeling optimistic, concerned? You know, what's your, what's your general kind of... You know, with the people that they got on board didn't work in on stuff now and the stuff you've seen recently, do you think it's the whole thing is looking bright or do we think the TV show's looking great but the movie is a bit worried about or do you think they're going to change course and you know, perhaps turn things around maybe? What do you guys think? Dan? Uh, <laughs> um, I have a fair bit of faith. I think the Mandalorian and even I know, you know, there's varying different opinions on Boba Fett, but I, I have a feeling now that they're going to get more right than they get wrong. There'll they'll, they'll be the occasional misstep, but it, it feels sure. like there's been enough of a course correction that the, the future's bright. Um, even if, yeah. you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen with, with the films, but I think from what from what they've got planned um, on Disney Plus, they've got is it Rogue Squadron? Um, there's yep. the, the the guys from Rogue One. Um, I've forgotten mm-hmm. the names. Uh, they've also That's got um, the the Old Republic, which I'm I'm really yeah. kind of quite interested in because that's pre. Uh, New Republic, of course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> obvious. But yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's how it works. But yeah, that that's kind of like I, I I've never really I've never played those games, so I'm yeah. quite interested to that's, see how that that's, that's the other thing as well. That's the other thing that, that interests me as well. Like where you know the fact that they're kind of now broaching a bit more into crossing over stuff from the games and bits and bobs like that. Just and not doing it in too heavy handed a way, but there's been quite a few little nods to uh, references in the games as well. So what about you, Dennis? What do you think the future of Star Wars franchise? Um, I think they're going to capitalize 
if they're smart, they'll capitalize on the stuff that uh, that seems to be popular right now. We'll definitely mm. see more Mandalorian. It'd be crazy if we didn't. Mm. Um, I think they're going to do more animated stuff as well. Uh, yeah. It's hard. I mean, the audience is changing. I think that's worth remembering. Um, and it's funny because I was just looking, I was just trying to find an interview and I found a thing with Lawrence Kasdan talking about uh, Ryan Johnson's script and blah, 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 saying that it's really intended for a new generation of viewers. And that's worth considering, you know, the mm-hmm. old guard, the people who grew up on Star Wars, people like myself, you guys, we're getting old and we're not spending money on toys and stuff anymore. You shut your whole um, mouth. Well, well, actually, you guys, you two are. I'm not. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're not necessarily <laughs> leaving. We're, we're not the target. Go now than I ever had when I was a kid. Yeah. Right, which... We're not the target audience, and really. And you know, one thing Lucas said, which I don't think has changed with Disney's, is is that Star Wars was intended as a family film, and hmm. uh, you know, he always aimed his stuff for kids. So that's worth considering. And that, and it, the question is, how do they address it for the new generation? The they've tried to pivot and, and twist and stuff, and it's not necessarily been successful. So I have to be honest, I'm not really sure what to expect. Um, I just hope to hell they have some kind of brain trust, some kind of story council that can look at what they're about to publish and say, does this make sense? Don't treat the audience like idiots. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like make sure your stories are solid, mm. that they're not yeah, just a, agreed. just a bunch of, you know, that's uh, and e- even with Boba Fett, I feel like they they sort of dropped the ball there a bit. Like we were talking about the the slow moving, high color bike chase, and uh, and and what have you. It's like did did anybody really step back and look at this? You know. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm sort of a bit reluctant to make a prediction on this because uh, I don't think I, I I just don't know. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure that I care. Ooh. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's and anyone who knows me well knows that's like, oh my god, what have you done with the real Dennis? <laughs> on, on, that, just on that bombshell, on that bombshell, I think we'll uh, probably call it call it a day. Um, thank you. Oh, well, well, hang on, wait. Oh. One more thing. Oh, you didn't oh. think you were going to get away without me saying this? Okay. I would like to see a Jar Jar Binks movie. <laughs> Such. A... <laughs> I mean, I gave to be you honest, your, I gave you your Jar Jar moment already, man. Can you just yeah, let to, it go? to be honest? It could, it could work. Uh, confessions of a gun <laughs> no, gun. No, you know, no, uh... we're not doing this. <laughs> Have not you doing noticed? This. There's, there's not been one single gungan in the background of anything. There's a, there's a reason no. for that. It's because they're extinct. They're all dead. I killed they them They live all. underwater. With fire. Um, all right. I, you know, joking apart, there's an episode of The Clone Wars where, they, where Jar Jar's in it, but they yeah. have a different guy doing the voice. Oh, was it? And in, I, I, yeah, remember, and in I that, remember the episode. I, I thought it was the same guy. but and, and in that moment, I was like, oh my God, what have they done to Jar Jar? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Bring back the annoying voice, please. It's really weird. It's like like even oh, no, even the stuff you don't care for, if they change it, you're like, no, no, don't change it. We don't like it, but don't change it. <laughs> the Jar Jar I know and hate has been changed. It's been ruined forever. Yeah. Oh, My hate has been ruined. <laughs> right. On that bombshell, I think we'll, uh, we'll call it a day. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. I uh, hope you enjoyed our little chat. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Au revoir. Bye.